Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Pittsburgh Steelers fans, welcome to another episode of Steelers Touch Down Under. I'm Matt Peverell and I'm joined by my co-host Mark Davison. Mark, how's it going? Yeah, good, Manny. Doing really well. You know, the, the Steelers are 3-0. And, and actually, I'm pretty sure I say that every week. You know, 1-0, 2-0, 3-0. So I feel really good about that. Um, down here in Australia, we're heading into, um, you know, uh, daylight savings. So we, we move the clock uh, for one hour, which helps with our, our um, the 1 p.m. games in America. So we now see them at 4 a.m., which is awesome. Um, but I'm feeling pretty good overall with this team. You know, I, I hope we can, you know, continue, continue to keep winning. And, and I just, I feel good at the moment. How, how do you feel? Yeah, I mean, it feels great. We, we've had three games. We've had three wins. Um, and, you know, listeners would be remiss for us not to say that, as usual, we, we're recording 14 hours in the future. We're recording on our Friday night. We're coming live to air on you, on, for you on your Saturday morning. And... The other thing is that we've got a public holiday this weekend. So that's, that's awesome. We've got a couple, an extra day off work. And whilst it would have been great to, to watch a Steelers game, in fact, you know, I think Mark and I would have even potentially liked to go watch it live in person if we could have or something like that. But we won't this week. And we'll, get on, we'll touch on that, obviously, of course, later on in the show. But as you say, Mark, I'm, I'm actually feeling really good. We're Steelers yeah. are 3-0. Well, that's it. You know, it's, if there's not too much... The, the, the football team, the Steelers, are playing as a team unit. Every week they're progressing. They're getting a little bit better. Uh, Big Ben, I think he's seven touchdowns and, and one interception. So, and, and, you know, running the rock well with Connor, we're using McFarlane a little bit better. And hopefully we touch into this a little bit into the show. Um, but, yeah, we're leading the AFC North. And that's almost also one of my predictions that, that happened. And, you know, if I, if I can lead into that, I want to give you a little bit, little up, bit of update. It's always, I, always, I always like football, like talking about um, – the divisions and even some of the casual fans in Australia don't really understand the divisions. Um, so we've got the Steelers at three and zero. Where else would you rather be sitting on, on top of the on top of the chart? Um, next is our big rival, the Ravens, at two and one, and they're going to be in contention for the AFC North, which is going to be a big battle. And I believe uh, the Ravens have won it the last two years, and no team since two thousand back hasn't won it three times in a row. So it's really between those two two teams for the number one spot. Uh, third, we have Baker Mayfield, and I gave him a bit of, bit of a, bit of a put down last week, Matt. But he won. He beat the Redskins. They're two and one. Uh, and lastly, you know, leading leading the cellar, uh, the Bengals, the Bungles, zero two and one. It, I, I'm not too sure if you saw the Eagles game with the tie, but it was pretty comical. The the Eagles punted away with 20 seconds to go, and then and then Bengals is played. They played for a tie, and that's that's your AFC North football. Yeah, awesome update, Mark. And Mark threw something in there for all you listeners out there. And you know, we like to weave in a bit of Aussie slang. And, and that for Mark then was around seller dweller. So for seller dweller is a common one we use in Australian sport when you've got the teams at the absolute bottom of their charts or the rankings or, or standings. We, are, we, we nickname them the seller dwellers because they're about as low as you can go. <laughs> so, yeah, look, as you say, it's, um, it's been a really interesting start to the season. Um, we're now through three weeks of football. Well, and uh, for the listeners out there as well, we're, we're coming live after, you know, we've, it's week four has begun and, and, you know, the, the Jets and the Broncos played each other on Thursday night football. Broncos came away with a win there. But there are now... Seven teams still undefeated in the NFL with the Steelers, the Titans, the Chiefs, the Bills, the Packers, the Bears, and the Seahawks. But what I thought was quite interesting from an AFC perspective, and you've given an update on the AFC North, um, Mark, but was that there's a 3-0 and team in every single division in the AFC. So you've really? literally started to get a clear delineation of who that form team might be or who the other teams might have to chase. Now, 
you know, a lot of people had tipped Baltimore to be ahead in the AFC North, you know, and to, and to win the AFC North this year. And you know what? They still might. Hopefully not. And that's what we're going to be really rooting for this season. But if you look at, like, the AFC South, it might be no surprise that the Titans are 3-0 there. Colts are 2-1 behind them. Chiefs are 3-0 in their division. And again, that's not probably a surprise. Mm. But you look at, like, the AFC East, the Bills are 3-0 and the Patriots are the one chasing, you know, and the Bills were highly touted whether they could sort of take the crown off the Patriots for the first time in a long time. So I think it's really interesting that we're going into the season now. We're going into week four. And some of these AFC divisions, you know, and it is early on, we're only going into the first quarter of the season, but they are starting to take a bit of shape, a bit of shape. Um, on the NFC side, well, the NFC North, I mean, two of the two of the undefeated teams in the NFC are sitting there in the NFC North in the Packers and the Bears. And then obviously you've got the Seahawks out in the NFC West. And, you know, they've, that's a red hot, you know, a red hot division when you think about the Cardinals, the Rams and the 49ers. Some people might be sitting there with all the injuries with the 49ers and going, well, they don't sound too red hot, but they are two and one. They are two and one. Yeah. So, yeah, really interesting to see how the first three to four weeks in the NFL have shaped up. We need to, someone need to stop Wilson. How good is Wilson playing? Yeah, it's, it's very interesting you say there's a 3 0 uh, team in each, in each division, which is awesome. That's why, you know, that's, that's why I said as well. It's always interesting to see, and we don't even play our, uh, our division rivals for another few weeks. So, uh, and leading into this, you know, quote unquote, on bye we have now, it's going to be very interesting to see who, you know, will the Ravens win this week and take over? Well, that's it. Well, that's it. And, you know, if they do, we're having our bye week. And it's one of the interesting things. I, I was grappling with this the last couple of days, actually, that in an, a lot of Australian sport for the listeners out there, our buys, you automatically, I mean, uh, a lot of our sports are done by tables where you get points um, mm-hmm. for points for a win. So a lot of them are either two or four points if you, if you win a game and, and no points for a loss. And with buys, you get an automatic win in terms of points on the table. So it's obviously a bit different in the NFL where it's about your record. Um, so buys are more that week off. They're a chance. They're much more about having a break and refresh rather than, you know, helping you and giving that little boost up the ladder. But the Ravens, yes, they've got probably a better place by. But it's something actually, Mark, that I really wanted to address in this week's show. And obviously, we're, we're coming fresh off the news that the Steelers won't be playing their week four game against the Tennessee Titans. But And there, there is a little bit of pessimism out there amongst mm-hmm. Steelers fans. There is this bit of negative feeling. But the reality is we're 3-0. Exactly. and 3-0. Oh. Exactly. And oh. we, exactly. We, they don't get to play this week. Yes, we all, like, as we just said earlier, we were hoping we might have had a chance to meet, you know, face-to-face the first time, but certainly enjoy the game and, and you know, get that sleep and not be worried about going to work, you know, maybe a little bit tired or whatever. You know, we really wanted to see the all the build-up and, and all of that, and it's really disappointing, and it is disappointing. They had, a, they had an absolute ideal, you know, bye week, you know, in there where they had that slated in there for that. Mm-hmm. It was week seven they had it in there, and you look at the last... Michael Beck had a great article this week about it where in the last couple of days where, you know, the last 10 Super Bowl winners have all had buys between week seven and week 12. You know, of course we would have wanted the Steelers to have a buy then, but you know what? The last, one of the last times we had a buy in week four, we won the Super Bowl in 2005. We're winners. You know, we're not the bungles. You know, we're not, we're not out there to, (laughs) to find a way to stuff the season up. We're winners. You know, we'll keep yeah. moving. You know, the train's going forward, to quote Mike Tomlin. And yeah. it's really interesting. Like, you hear some of the, you know, some of the discourse out there at the moment. And there's some, there's some feeling out there that, oh, no, they don't get to play. We're all devastated they don't get to play. The players are devastated they're not going to play. Will this affect them winning the Super Bowl? Look, I'm happy to take the big punt and, you know, and, and you know, I might anger a few fans out there. But quite frankly... These are professional sports players. They are paid millions of dollars a year. Not only are they that, they're a hungry team. They know they're a Super Bowl caliber team. And they play for the Pittsburgh Steelers. We're winners. We're not groaners. We're winners. Yeah, and, and like like you said, like even after this week, we're still going to be undefeated. We're still going to be 3-0 and if we have to use this as a buy. Um, and it might be a good chance for our players to rest. Like, yeah, we... Big Ben, these Steelers, these players, they've been playing since they were little kids. They've been all through this. They, they honestly, honestly, they could play, 
you know, they almost play twice in one week sometimes, you know, back to back with three or four days in a row. So this is only a little, a little scratch on the surface. And I think it's a, it's, 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 it's not fun to not watch football on Sundays or our Monday mornings, but you know, I, I think we'll, we'll get over it. And then when we beat the Eagles by a hundred, it'll be fine. Come on guys, <laughs> let's, let's relax. Like let's, let's lighten up, you know, let's watch. Hopefully the Redskins beat the Ravens. I only care. They're going to get slogged. But yeah, like you said, Matt, like this is, this is a really unique year. Uh, with all the COVID stuff here, there and everywhere. But we got our Steelers three and I. They're not zero and three. Well, that's it. And and look, there. I understand the concern around they're going to be playing, you know, thir- potentially thirteen regular season games in a row. And you know, and that that is a mammoth effort. And, I, and I'm not trying to dis, you know, discount the effort that that will require from them. But there are a lot of pro sports out there that play more than twenty twenty five games a season. They play eighty something games a season. And yes, NFL football is you know, arguably, if not the most physical sport, you know, you can go out there and play these guys, you know, hit at a million miles an hour. You can tell the number of injuries we've had this year to landmark players, you know, just how much that's the case. But again, they're professionals. They're going to go out there. They're going to take them on. They're going out there to win every game, regardless of when they get a bye, regardless of when they get a bye. Plus, there's so many people in the same boat this year where it's only the person that tops the conference that gets, you know, gets that first week by anyway. The reality is they were going to be playing a certain number of games in a row. And if we look at it, you know, yes, they had their, their buy placed in that week seven mark, but the, in the New Orleans were the, were the last team, you know, to win the Super Bowl of the bye week before week seven, and they rested their players the last three weeks of the season. So as Michael Beck suggested in his article this week, the Steelers just need to stack wins. That's what we need yep. to do. We need to stack wins to either get a buy in the playoffs or to be able to rest players. The only thing we possibly could have done before now was get three out of three wins. Why can't we just treat this 3-0 and as the preseason? That's what it's felt like. Have a week off. That's when week four's Big Ben's bye. He wouldn't have played week four. And now coming into the Eagles, let's come out and let's, let's turn out to be our week one. And I know the record's still 3-0, and but treat the first three games as, you know, learning curve and, and getting better. And then when we verse the Eagles, that's the start of the season. And maybe we just have to run the table. I'm really confident about this team. I, I, I say that, actually, I say that pretty much every year. But I'm really, I, I think it's a really special defense. Big Ben's back. We had Eric Ebon show, uh, show up uh, the other day. Yeah, Connor's running. He's got 5.5 average on the yards. Like, yeah, we're in a good spot. And we're just looking at it a bit differently to how we would normally look at the Steelers, you know? But we're, yeah. we're in a great spot. Yeah, and we're taking a bit of that new normal approach <laughs> in a way. And, you know, the other thing too that I think, my, you know, I feel like it's escaped a little bit of the attention actually, and that's around the injury front. We've now got, you know, De- you know Deontay Johnson's got that time to potentially come out of that concussion protocol. Um, if he hasn't already, and I might have missed that in the last couple of days. Mm-hmm. But, you know, when I looked at some of the week three injury reports that came out of last week's game, Tyson Alawalu, he practiced fully, but he had a knee issue. David DeCastro is battling back from that knee issue. Hassan Howe has had a bit of a problem with his ankle. You know, uh, Deontay's had, a, you know, apparently, you know, a bit of problems with a toe. Juju, a bit of a knee. You know, we know, obviously, Zach Banner's gone for the season, but Wisniewski might be coming back. Like, one more week allows us to get a little bit healthy. Rookies yep. now have had a chance, and I did see a tweet, I think it was from Chase Claypool about having to do his rookie dinner potentially this weekend where he's got to foot the bill for, for all the veteran players. But this gives, our chance, uh, this gives us a chance to look back at the first three weeks. And if things haven't gone to, gone to plan for the Steelers in terms of internally for the organization or with specific position groups, even though they're 3-0, and it's a little chance to get a reset right before we're about to play a number of divisional games. Yeah, no, it's we're in we're in a really good spot, Matt. Um, you can't beat three and zero. Let's go, let's go. I know we all we all want football, but let's go. Let's I'm go. ready. Here let's we go. go. So with that, we're going to actually move one of our regular segments, which is slinging the slang, and we're going to move it to to much earlier in the show to now. Um, this week things are shaking up, so we're going to shake up just for this week as well. And it's really important because it leads to our title of the show today. And our title of the show today is no drama, Steelers fans. Everything's going to be okay. 
Mm-hmm. Now, a few weeks ago, we said she'll be right, and we taught you that one. But no dramas. No dramas means no worries. It's going to be okay. Everything's going to work out. No dramas. We're going to keep on moving. And that's, that's really the focus for us today and what we're going to really, the attitude we're going to take in, into this week and the attitude we're going to take through the rest of the season. So, of course, we're going to, we're going to look back at last week's game um, in just a moment. And later on in the show, we're going to look at what are the standouts from three weeks of the season. We're going to relook at where we where we think the Steelers' record might be sitting this week. Go through go through the record for the rest of the season and work out where are the games that the Steelers might actually win now, or where's that one they might drop. You know how are they going to shape up. So, look, stay with us. We are so thankful, you know, um, for having you here with us. As we always say, whether you're, you know, waking up with the kids, cooking breakfast, whether you're, you're getting ready to watch your college football, you might be driving home from work if you've done a night shift. You might have been driving to work. You might be camping if you're listening to us um, on record or trying to catch up to uh, on us over the weekend. Again, thanks for downloading the show. Thank you for listening. So, Mark, last week, Texans, week three, what were some of the standouts for you? Uh, with, with the Texans, I, 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 I like how we're just playing team football. Um, it, it's happened in, in the, the previous week. And I'm, I'm going to fast forward to the end of, of, of this, I guess, this, uh, this piece. But when we're finishing the game, we're ending in the red zone and we're kneeling the football. So we have opportunity to have 30-odd points, but we don't need to. So we have that possession. And I, I even look at the stats. I think we're leading the, the time of possession with 32 minutes a game, which is fantastic. You know, we're going to hold that ball and run the ball. And um, they ran well with Connor this week. They used McFarlane in certain different areas, which is I think you'd be very happy with. Like McFarlane ran it six times. Um, there was even a key point where Benny Snell football. He, I think, near the end of the game, he got a first, a crucial first down we needed. Um, yeah, and this, and coming, and with you know, we're three and zero, and using all these these parts of the football, we're only going to get better. You know, so this running game is going to help Big Ben. Uh, he's got, he can see he's got a lot more comfortable. Um, and, and, you know, it's, our defense is still playing lights out. I think we have 15 sacks. Uh, and we're, our running defense is like 162 yards allowed. Uh, yeah, there's too many. I could keep going on. W- what do you reckon? Yeah, so for me, well, number one, last week, they fixed up the penalties. I think there was, I think there was two penalties versus 10 the week before. Um, that's a massive improvement. So clearly Tomlin getting the, getting the refs in for the, for the week's preparation before the game made a big difference. But you said, we're playing team football and in the last couple of weeks now, we've been able to kneel out to win the game when we've had the possession of the football. We could have broken 30 points. We could have upped the averages of scores. We could have padded guys' stats. And I think I've mentioned this in the, in the post-game shows a couple of times in the live chat that... I kind of have hoped the Steelers would, you know, put a couple of teams to the sword and get those extra scores. But you look at last weekend's game. What if that's when we threw Ben finally threw that interception in the, in the red zone that we talked about, you know, him not mm-hmm. doing last week. And that was my X factor was can Ben not throw interceptions, which he didn't. And if he is going to throw one, how about it not be in the first half when we're getting momentum or when we're in the red zone, if we'd gone for it, then would that have happened? So I, as, as I said, for me, the standout was we started to fix the little nitty gritty things that might have fans sitting there going, well, you know what? We are feeling a bit shaky about the 3-0. Yeah, well, we're still, you know, it's still, it's still a, a work in progress with our Steelers. Um, and that's going to happen. Like, I've always had this thought, you know, like you can't play a game on paper. You just can't. Um, like, you know, the Steelers might have a better roster than, than say, the Texans or, you know, just. Um, and maybe they should win by 20. It doesn't happen that way. It never happens that way. You've got to play the game. Uh, I don't know who, who said you played or uh, played it, win the game. I don't know who says that. But, you know, it's just um, let the boys play. And I think they're doing really well. I think, that, I think you know, we're starting to find, like, Ebron got involved last week. And that was a brilliant touchdown, by the way. Do you, do you remember seeing that? Can you comment on that? Yeah, I did. No, 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 I did. And uh, that was my that was my punch of the week. So that got me off the off the big big fat zero and zip. But yeah, it was an amazing catch. He he ran that route. And and I in the day, in the post game one of the post game press conferences after the game, Ben literally said, 
Ebron and, and him have been practicing, practicing the, those routes and all those routes, I should say, <laughs> um, but those, those routes and, and Ebron's got some real catching ability there for that tight end, you know, and it was a crucial touchdown. You know, he leapt up in the air, used his height, used those, those skills. And if you watch the way that he fell backward as well, he literally, he came down with that ball, made sure he was in touch and made sure he secured the ball down. With, with uh, such grace. And even even uh, near the end of the drive where Connor um, got the, 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 the last touchdown, there was a crucial, I think it was second or third down, and he did read, uh, read a perfect right out route, you know, and he caught the ball and into the sidelines. Like this, Ben is getting comfortable. He's getting really comfortable. Once our O-line starts to play, you know, a little bit better and keeps him upright, he doesn't take those silly sacks, then, you know, he's going to sling this ball around so well. And Juju, I still think, Actually, actually, got a little. Look, I'm just going to uh, say it now. I was going to bring it up later. I got a little, little bit of a pet peeve for Juju this week. My only real negative for this game was, yeah, why, why didn't he? And you saw this with the Seahawks player. Can't remember his name off the top of my head. Why didn't Juju run that ball in? I always get really scared when they hop and dance into the end zone. Yeah, good point, Mark. And DK Metcalf did a bit of a Deshaun Jackson and <laughs> celebrated a little bit early. Um, I'm going to go a little bit controversial. I'm going to go, I'm going to go in that one. I, I, I do agree. I do get a little bit nervous sometimes with that, but he was so open. I mean, he put it, uh, I remember seeing it on Reddit after the game in the day or so afterwards, he'd put on social yeah. media that he was just socially distancing as he ran the ball yeah. in. <laughs> so, I mean, that was an awesome, an awesome route. But going back to what you were saying there, you know, Ben, you know, Ben completed 23 passes last week of, of 36 targets. 35, you know, to, to the wide receivers there. And you look at the spread, five receptions from Eric Ebron, four from Juju, four from James Connor, five from James Washington, three from Vance McDonald. Now there was only one from Chase Claypool, but, you know, he was doing a lot of other things and creating a few headaches for that, for that defense. But you look at that at, you know, Eric Ebron, five receptions, 52 yards, Juju, four receptions, 43, James Connor, four receptions, 40 yards, Washington, five receptions, 36 yards with some crucial catches. Vance McDonald, three receptions, 35 yards. You're seeing sort of this average of about 10 yards, you know, and they've all got long, you know, longs of, you know, plus sort of 15 yards. But they're spreading the ball. How hard is it to defensively scheme for this offense now? Yeah, well, it's it's pick your poison like we said last week. And and it's only going to get better when Big Ben gets better. And when Connor can really start to run the football, and I think with us, like I think even with a change up with McFarlane now, I, like I don't, I can't remember the last time as a Steelers fan we've seen a big run of eighty yards, seventy yards, you know, since Willie Parker and like Le'Veon Bell. But maybe McFarlane can get into that zone and just zing one for fifty yards, which he, he did almost uh, pretty close to with a twenty-five yard or twenty-yard run. Uh, and Connor can be that smash mouth football, and you know they're both a change of pace. So get those three three backs running in together, and we're going to put on a show. It's only it's only the beginning, you know. We're going to enjoy the journey as we go through. But but it's what you say, and you know they're not going to. I, I agree with what some of our fellow uh, BTSC contributors and, and editors and deputy editors um, have been saying, you know, in, in the post game wrap up, in that they're going to still go. Like Tomlin is still going to keep his you know bell cow lead running back, but. When you get these little contributions at the back ends of games from Benny Snell, or you get the big runs from from McFarland as he showed he's capable of, and you know I'm a big fan of McFarland. You, you you heard that early on in our first few shows, Mark, and I think he plays above his speed. But as we said earlier, if the Steelers are going to stack wins, or they need to rest players, or they've got to play 13 weeks in a row, being able to spread the ball on both in the passing game and the running game becomes even more important. Mm-hmm. And that's what I think is a real highlight, particularly before we heard the news that this week's game would be, would be, you know, postponed. But since then, it's what makes me, I mean, I'm feeling a bit more comfortable than what I would have been if it was, you know, there was one or two players we were relying upon in both the, the passing game. And then, you know, we were just purely relying on James Connor. Then I would have some concerns, but the way that our offense is incredibly diverse Everyone's getting a bit of a touch of the a touch of the football, you know. It's it's awesome. I think also to end it, um, I think Big Ben is just going to spark these players as well. Some of these guys want to play for Big Ben, you know. And, and he, if he's play, if Big Ben's playing poorly and he starts to pick it up, well, they're just going to spark everyone to play better around him. This is special, guys. This is really special, Matt. It is. It is. 
And with that, listeners, we're going to take a break here on Behind the Steel Curtain Radio. Stay tuned for more Steelers Talk. We're back live on BTSC behind the steel curtain. Steelers touch down under. I'm Matt Peverell, joined by my co-host Mark Davison, and we're talking all things Steelers. Yes, it's a disrupted week. Yes, it's a postponed, you know, week four matchup against the Tennessee Titans. But there's still so many good things to talk about when it comes to the Steelers and our three and record. Mark, before the break, we were really talking around the offensive side of the football and how the Steelers had shaped up in last week's game. But I know, like myself, you're a defense man. So, you know, we held the Texans to, you know, almost below that 20, those 20 points. We held them to 21 points. What were some of the, the key takeaways or the key standouts on defense? Um, you know, it's funny, even before I go into that, it's like even sometimes when I watch the offense or when I was growing up watching football, I, it might have been the Troy Palamu effect. I always, wanted, I always wanted just to see the defense play. I always loved seeing Troy come into the box off the edge or doing his crazy, crazy interceptions of one versus the Chargers or when he hit, um, when Troy hit uh, Chris Johnson in the backfield, he come from about 40 yards deep and just he nailed him. So, yeah, I love the defense because it always gives, you know, even if you stuff up on offense – you still have a chance. And that's what our defense is this year. We have TJ on the edge. We have Bard on the edge. They, they're playing really well. But I wanted to jump into to one fella this week. And he's been a, you know, he's been a standout for the Steelers for, for quite a few years. And he's a vocal leader. Uh, I think you might know where I'm going with this. He's one of my favorite positions um, uh, on, the, on the football team. And that's Vinny, Vinny Williams. He's playing really good football. He's playing you know, some really um, good run defense football. Um, he's not your he's not your best coverage uh, linebacker. He doesn't need to be. He's just a metal head. He runs in there, and um, actually, uh, he's leading the league. If I have my stats and my facts correct, he's leading the league in eight tackles for a loss. So that's that's just fantastic what he's doing um, for the Steelers, and he's setting that you know he's being he's being being a leader, and like he's just he looks like a mountain of a man. Like I wouldn't want to be <laughs> tackled by that bloke, you know. Um, so yeah, I'm really enjoying what, what we're doing and this, if our defense can keep playing like this and give us a chance to, you know, be three and outs and, 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 and things of that nature, one of Tomlin's, uh, quotes, um, we have a good chance with our offense. So yeah, I like, I like Vinny. Uh, and yeah, I know you're a defense guy as well. Like, uh, in the past, you've talked to me about, uh, Minka and we might go into that, uh, in the, in the next few shows, but who, who's your fella? Yeah, well, I agree with you, Mark. Vince Williams having an awesome season, um, and and you know to quote Mike Tomlin in the in the press conferences after the game, you know he's adding things to his repertoire. Um, you know he's had two quarterback hits, you know eight tackles for a loss. You know he's come through and had two sacks. I mean that's a great start to the season through through you know three games, and he's thirty one years old. We're not talking about a new young fast middle you know inside linebacker. We're talking about much more of the veteran guys. So I think you're surprising a few people there. Um, I think we can't gloss over TJ Watt, you know, what he is doing in the game right now. He is unstoppable. I mean, the amount of holding calls that should have been oh, called mate. last week. Mate, he got held He got held 15 times, 20 times. And, and that's, not a, that's not, you know, we can't say, oh, they should have thrown a flag, but he really did. Um, and t- teams are playing in that way as well. But I mean, you look at you look at this. He had four he had four tackles, one sack, two tackles for a loss, four quarterback hits. But the amount of pressure that he was putting on on Deshaun Watson, I mean, that around that pocket, you know, and quite. I was talking to a, to a colleague actually after the game, and I, I said to him, if Deshaun Watson wasn't such a didn't have such good pocket presence, I mean, there was there was one particular play where he just kind of shot through the middle and made a pass. But he is so good in the pocket. Can you imagine if he would been slow? Can you imagine if he'd been like some of the other other quarterbacks around the league sitting in there waiting to absolutely get, you know, obliterated? So are you talking about Tom Brady? <laughs> I might be. <laughs> I might be. Um, so, yeah, from that perspective, you know, you, you can't gloss past, you know, TJ Watt. But 
I also thought it was quite interesting the that PFF came out this week as well and said QBs when targeting targeting Joe Hayden have a rating of thirty six point six quarterback rating. Oh. Now, again, I've not been the you know the biggest fan of, you know of Joe Hayden. I wonder if we need to move him on and you know draft capital and all that all that sort of thing. And I, I hear that it's a special year, but if he's going to play like that at thirty at thirty one, that's that's pretty cool going through going through the first three weeks. Now, again, I understand where people go, hang on, Hayden's faced Daniel Jones, Jeff Driscoll, um, pretty much because Duloc was out most of the game, and Deshaun mm-hmm. Watson. But at the same time, that rating isn't 70 or 80 where we can go, oh, well, maybe it would be a lot worse. It's 36.6. Yeah, it, it doesn't... Like, I know we had the really good quarterbacks and stuff like that, but you've got to play your position. You know, let him do his job, and and you know, um, if he went terrible against those people, we'd be thinking something different. Yeah, yeah, but it doesn't like it. You, you play the teams who are on your schedule. You know, you play the quarterbacks who are on your schedule, and those teams believe in that quarterback. And Deshaun Watson is a really good quarterback. Like he played some good football against us, but we shut him down, and there were key moments where we took over, and he was running for his life. So, yeah, this this defense is really really cool. Yeah, and, and it's, you know, there's a, a phrase we use a lot in, in Australian sport called playing what's in front of you. And, and it's quite similar to the idea of a no-huddle offense. You know, you, you take and react to what, what's happening around you and what you're feeling. you got to play what's in front of you, as you say, or play who, who your, schedule's go, you know, your schedule mm-hmm. brings up and, and the players that that throws up. And at the end of the day, you know, it doesn't matter who you're playing against. You should be putting in a top performance and you're only as good as your last game and, and he's playing pretty well. But you did ask me, one of my standouts. Everyone knows how high I am. If you've been listening to the last three weeks, um, how high I am on Alex Highsmith. He got a tackle for a loss last week. He yes. finally got it. So I was, I was really wrapped about that. So I, as I said, I, I thought that was really, really cool. So it wasn't necessarily my standout, but I did think he deserved a bit of a shout out there. Um, but Mike Hilton, I mean, how many tackles is he making, mate? I think it's about 50, isn't it? I think it must be something somewhere near that. But I know he made eight. I know he made eight last week. So you know he's doing um, quite a lot of uh, QB pressures as well. There was one sack where TJ and Bud came together, and Mike Hilton started it. He came off the edge, and he's getting in their face. Um, I, I saw there was an article on BTSC. It was it was similar to, uh, I think it was uh, Paul Amu. But uh, it's it's yeah, he's just he's just playing, you know, really good football at the moment. You know, he's 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 he's, he's finding his niche. Well, yeah, and I mean, he doesn't quite have fifty tackles. He's he's had twenty-one tackles according to Pro Football Pro, <laughs> pro Football Reference, but he's had four tackles for a loss, four quarterback hits, and he's had two sacks. That's pretty good from a cornerback. That's that's really good for the first three weeks, and it's only going to get and he's only going to get better when he starts to figure out where his true place is in this defense. You know, sometimes you get caught on a bit of coverage, but don't we all? You can't play a perfect game. You can't, you can't. And, and as we say, you're only as good as your, your last performance. And let's hope next week against the Philadelphia Eagles, when the, when the defensive line and the, um, you know, and the, and the linebackers are putting pressure on Carson Wentz, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's interception time. It's interception time for Joe Hayden and, and, you know, and Minka Fitzpatrick and Steven Nelson, you know, and all, and all our, you know, great defensive players. But look, the other one that we gave a little bit of, bit of a, a tip for or had a bit of a discussion around last week was special teams. How did you think your man Ray Ray went after a really great first two games? He's, he's doing really well. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to knock on wood if you guys can hear all, all the way overseas there. He's not, you know, fumbled the ball yet. He's playing smart football in the kickoff returns. Uh, I think he's been featured a few times, if I'm not mistaken, in the offense once or twice. He's just... He's playing team football. He's, 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 I think he's still leading the NFL in returns. Um, he's got to crack one sooner or later. And we haven't seen that for a, for a long time from the Steelers. But he just, he doesn't, he's not doing a, a, you know, crazy, crazy exciting stuff. But we don't need him to. But if he does, I wouldn't be surprised. You know? Ray Ray's doing fine. He's doing really good. Yeah, and I think it's more, you know, obviously his kick returns and there's a bit, you know, a bit more space is created there. But... He's, he seems to me to be, whilst he's not 
we all sort of sit there and go, he's going to break one, you know, soon. And he just seems to have that one little thing that goes wrong. That doesn't mean that he breaks one. He's quite consistent. Mm-hmm. You know, like last week he had 47 kick return yards and he had a long of eight of 28, sorry. Um, an average 23.5 there. And then the same thing when it came to punt returns, he had a long of 13. He had two punt returns on the day uh, for 25 yards. So, you know, they were pretty much a clear average there. So he's really consistent. You know, yeah, I think we've cool. seen, you know, with, you know, people like, you know, players like Ryan Switzer, who's obviously now joined the, joined the Browns. We got nothing. No, no, we didn't have, we, we, he, he was a good fake, uh, fake catcher. So he used to put the hand up or pretend to catch the ball and then 20 yards away, the ball would bounce out, out in the end zone. That was, you know, that was a good skill. Um, but we need, we need a back who can, who can have a chance to push the ball forward and we catch at the 20. Ray Ray is advancing the ball to at least the 35 or to, to the 30. And those are 15 yards that Ben can, you know, the whole play system changes then. You know, if you're stuck on your 20, you have to run a few times or it's just the whole play dynamic changes. So uh, if Ray Ray can help, he's helping us out. He's not dropping the ball. Knock on wood again. I'm not uh, superstitious, but we might as well do it. Um, yeah, I, I, it would be really fun to see him, you know, run one back and get that, that free seven points. And we're like, wow, Ben doesn't even go on the field, but he's playing good. And I think what we ought to also need to bring up, if we're talking special teams, um, our, man, our man Boswell is playing really well. Uh, we haven't needed him in, in too many circumstances, but he's kicking the ball quite nice. And yeah, I think it's, it's you know, uh, I always think of uh, Danny Smith chewing the gum and he's, you know, working hard at his, at his uh, craft there, but um, he's still got his job and we're, we're playing, you know, once again, team football on, on that um, aspect. Yeah, 100%. And the other thing, Dustin Colquitt, he's only had to punt the ball 13 times in four games he's averaging four game you know so I, I, I sort of feel there that we're the fact that we're not necessarily having to punt the whole time and we are holding the ball you know for quite a long possession I'd love for us to continue that average if it's only four across all games we're going to be in a really good spot and can he bring the average down to three you know that would be that would be awesome so but we talked a little bit there about the Texans game and and some a, a few surprise players that I think really quite did well last week is there anyone else in the Steelers this season, Mark, that three weeks in, you might have expected not necessarily have had the impact that they have actually had? Or is there a player that we expected a bit more with that maybe hasn't really impressed yet or hasn't broken out and stood out amongst the crowd? My, my first thought comes to uh, McDonald on the tight end, you know. Um, he's only had a few few deliveries there, so maybe he can start to advance the the ball a bit further and get more involved in the offense. And it'll be really fun to see Big Ben using two tight ends, um, you know, Eric up the stretch, and then you know Vance on the on the uh, swing route or to a nice easy quick route, which he did last week. Um, but he's he's someone there that's is so much you know very much under the radar, um, and he always you know I think he, he sometimes you watch him play and he like. You know, there was a tackle last week where they just clip his ankles. And you're like, oh, no, how did he? Come on, man. You're a big fella. Stay upright and, you know, really hammer it to him. But there was another play as well. On the other side, Big Ben came on on the rollout. And his only man he wanted was McDonald. And that helped the football go even further. So, yeah, that's, that's, that's some good, uh, good things and bad things with McDonald. So I, I would like to see him get more involved in the offense. And it's only going to help out Ebron. Yeah. One hundred percent, one hundred percent, and it gives them options too. I mean, I think we we touted it potentially in last week's show, the week before. But you know, the idea that you could potentially end up in a in a in a, in a set or a formation that has Vance McDonald, Chase Claypool, Eric Ebron, and the nightmare that becomes for the opposition secondary. I mean, you know, particularly when you're in that red zone. I mean, we, we've talked about Ebron's catch last week. But putting all those three together at the same time, you know, or you look at the clutch play that McDonald McDonald did to get that to get that crucial down toward the end of the game that didn't work um, when they when they were trying to score the touchdown there, which led to Ben, you know, um, you know, intentionally grounding the ball and, and throwing it through the end zone. This gives them versatility. It gives them options. What what do you think with uh, Claypool's next you know three or four weeks? He's he's had his you know the you know the dust is off now. The rookie thing should be almost, you know, you're a part of the team now, mate. Um, what do you think of Claypool's uh, progression over the next three to four weeks? 
Well, I alluded to it earlier in the show. Until he pays pays for that veteran team meal this weekend, <laughs> he's quite, quite part of the team, mate. But but what, look, let's let's assume he all goes to plan there, and there's no, you know, the restaurant they pick doesn't get affected by COVID. You know, fingers crossed and all that sort of stuff. And I don't mean to make light of that, but you know, we are very hopeful that he he gets to have that real rookie experience and that team bonding experience, and that it doesn't hurt his hip pocket too too badly. But yeah, you're right. This just gives them another week to slowly ingrain him in, in into that offense. And we talked a bit about spread again for the tech, uh, for the Texans game specifically earlier in the show. But when you look at the receptions again, according to to Pro Football Reference, you know Deontay's had 14 catches. You know Chase Capel's had six. Juju's had you know uh, 17. James Washington's had 10. Eric Ebron nine. You know, Connor's, Connor's had eight as well, which you'd expect with, you know, Ben likes to use his running back in the passing game. But it's this even spread. And I think if you sat there and said, well, you know, six receptions from Chase Claypool this early on, you, you some people might have gone, well, he probably was only going to average about six, you know, six or seven downs, you know, per game at the start of the season. But we've seen him break that that long 84-yarder. We've mm-hmm. seen him get his first first touchdown in the first three games. You're starting to see that sort of rev up. And I'd be interested to see how many fans out there who might have tipped him to get three, four, maybe five touchdowns max this season are now sitting there going, well, he might exceed some of the expectations or the over and unders that we ourselves predicted um, prior to the season. So, yeah, I think you touched on a really great point there, Mark, in that Chase Claypool probably offers us a bit more in his first rookie year than where we might have thought, you know, rewind three weeks ago. Yeah, it just shows you how much of a veteran Big Ben is as well. So Big Ben has been there 17 years now and Claypool could only, you know, only, you know, with, with the quarterback of his caliber, that's going to help his game so much, like so much. And he's a fast fella on the 84 yards. Like that was unbelievable play. You know, Deontay should have had that. And then Big Ben said, you know what? I'll get it for you, mate. And he threw it. He just, you know, slinged it. And then Claypool's going to get his um, touches and he, he will start to get open as well. And he can contest for a for a for a high ball, you know. And so yeah, and that that's it, Mark. And the other thing too, he's on. He's now a consideration for uh, opposition teams. They have to consider him. They can't no longer go. The Steelers are going to blood him slowly. And you know, if you're a team that was facing the Steelers after week six or seven, you might then start to factor him factor him into your mm-hmm. equation on what you're scheming for. You've got to do it now, and that creates opportunities for other people. But with that, you know, we're going to move to our next part of the show today, which is really, we've had three weeks, and you can tell Mark and I, you know, Marky D and Matty P, we're pumped for, we're pumped after three weeks. We're pumped about a record of 3-0. and It's no dramas for us about postponing this week. We'll keep rolling just like the Steelers will. But Mark, one of the things we didn't do prior to the season, which um, some of our other BTSC colleagues got to do, was really run through the season week by week mm-hmm. and look at where, where things might stack up. But now that we've seen three weeks of football, both from the Steelers and from the teams that they'll face this season, I thought it might be good to, and for the listeners out there who might be thinking the same thing. We know the Steelers are 3-0 and now. We know there's been this, this game postponement as well. Um, you know, what might the Steelers' record actually look like? And we've ever, there's been a lot of talk around the fact around, you know, how, you know, moving this game will actually affect the Steelers. So I thought it would be good for us to go through and give our, you know, sort of re-give our predictions on what some of the, the win-loss records. And if you want to throw out a score here or there, go for your life. But let's start. Week five. So let's, let's skip this week, obviously, with the, with the postponement. Yep. Philadelphia Eagles. Who's winning that game for you? Uh, short and simple, Steelers win that. I don't think Carson Wentz is playing that good football. The Eagles aren't playing. Uh, they, I don't know who they are. Um, Steelers, I believe they're they're at home, and coming back from a bye, they they win that game. They improved to four and zero. Four and zero. For me, I'm with you. Steelers defense is going to put them under huge amounts of pressure, so I'm sticking there going four and zero as well. And I think a rest, giving some players some time to just, you know, take, you know, take it all in. Massive there, 4-0. Week six, Cleveland Browns. 
Steelers or Browns? Pittsburgh Steelers. Do you go it. five and zero? Oh? I I don't like the AFC North at all. Five and uh, five and zero. Oh. I want to see Baker get sacked six times, three three interceptions. I go I go five and zero oh, uh, for the Steelers as well. I think uh, by that stage stage Odell Beckham Jr. has spit the dummy. Um, I think some of these trade rumors you're hearing, you know, don't come from nowhere. And I think they're trying to throw to Ryan Switzer and he's going nowhere and Baker Mayfield's just thrown over his head. Now, week seven, which is potentially, I think, if, if my memory has me correct, where they might be moving the tech, the Titans game to and then pushing Baltimore to the following week based on their, their records. So let's assume in the Titans are week seven. Who wins, Steelers-Titans? Well, that's an interesting point. Let's, let's go with that. If they are going to be in that spot for the Titans, um, you know what? I've I got a feeling if they won five in a row, they might lose that one down in Tennessee. So, And this might change my record, which I had at previous was 12-4. and four. This might change that. Um, but I believe they might lose that. And that's going to also play into the week coming after. So, so I have them losing. Five and one. Yep. I'm going to go the flip. And I, part of me, the cynic inside, can't even believe. <laughs> can't, you know, cannot even believe I'm saying this. I say they win that game. I say they go in yeah, there okay. against the Titans and they, and they take that one. The, this run defense is fantastic against Derrick Henry. Titans will be under pressure. They'll have had a disrupted start for a couple of weeks. I say they go in and they go in at six and zero. Oh. That's a fair point, you know. It's a it's a very fair point, and if they can, um, we can take care of the run, definitely. Week eight, where the buy should have been, Baltimore Ravens, Steelers. Who who wins that game? At yeah, Baltimore. So, so yeah, it's a hard game, and these are the two you know two top teams and two Super Bowl caliber teams. Um, I've I've got it uh, into my into my theory. I've got the Baltimore winning by four points or three points. So I've got them at five and two now. Five and two, four points. Yep. I agree with you. I think they drop this one and they go six and one. Uh, so so I'm going I'm I'm to take that one there as well and then take the loss. I think they've got to eat one there. Week nine, then they've got to, they've got to travel away again to the Dallas Cowboys. You, you know what? I, I think I have the Steelers winning this one. I don't really trust Dak yet. I don't know who the I don't know who the Dallas Cowboys are. There's such a funny team down in Australia, and like the, the media that we get, oh yeah, Cowboys are going to win the Super Bowl. It never happens. <laughs> they're always eight and eight, or they they're going nowhere. Like they're just as oh, I almost said they're just as bad as Jets. But like, I don't know who who these such a great team on paper, but you never see them do anything. So I have the Steelers winning that one and winning that one big. Yeah, I look. I think this is one of those ones where at the start of the game we're going to sit there and be like. Come on, come on, guys. You've got to be playing better than this. And I think through half time it'll be close. Um, but yeah, the, this is the sort of game where we pull away. And particularly if you look at the way we're able to respond, if you like, against the against the Texans. Um, it is gonna be hard going up, you know, going, you know, playing two away games. But I think this Steelers team uh, everyone keeps saying it, and I you know what I'm jumping on, I'm jumping on that train. This is a special season. The, the Steelers go seven and you know, they're seven and one here. Week 10, at home, uh, the Cincinnati Bungles. Um, I've got a, a – the stat I'm, I like the most with the Steelers versus Cincinnati Bungles is, is the Steelers have won 10 in a row. And throughout my duration of my life until I live to 100, I, don't not, I do not see them losing at all. I see them every year. We have two wins on the, on the schedule. So I'm running with that. You know, I, we improved to seven and two. Uh, Joey, Joey tries hard, but you can't escape TJ. You can't escape Bud. You've got Cam Howard in the middle. You've got Minka. Minka's going to uh, run you down and get two interceptions. It's a hard game for the Cincinnati Bengals. Right. Well, I don't know about 100 years because if the Bungles do terrible for a couple of seasons, they'll draft... If they've got any sense, they'll draft a couple of good O linemen, get in a couple of veterans, and suddenly you know, they might be able to pull a few off the Browns that start hating it when they're losing to the big promise <laughs> the world. And uh, and you know, if they can protect Joe Burrow, I, th- I actually think he might be the goods here. So 
Um, not necessarily to always beat the Steelers, but uh, I do think, again, I think by this stage, you know, Joe Burrow might have a few losses under his belt and we'll see what happens with, you know, rookie quarterbacks where it just becomes a little bit too hard and they can't sort of, you know, change everyone around them in that first season. So I see them going there eight and one, eight and one. Week 11 at the Jacksonville Jaguars, which is often, often, I think it's Terry Bank Stadium and it's often called a bit of a, a home away from home game, if you want to use that mm-hmm. terminology for the Steelers. What do you see happening there, Mark? Yeah, there's always a big party down there for the Steelers fans in uh, Jacksonville. Um, I don't entirely trust the, what we've seen so far of the Jacksonville Jaguars uh, with Minshew. You know, they're playing uh, a fun brand of football, but I don't think they, can, can, they can't, cannot compete with Big Ben and they can't compete with our defense. I don't see them winning this game, so I have them improving to 8-2. and two. I just think overall the Steelers by this time will start to get a bit of a groove rolling on and they're the better team. And maybe at this point, fans might come back in the stands and, you know, no one's going to come down there and support the Jaguars. It's going to be all Steeler fans, all terrible tales. So this is something where my gut is just telling me this is the one we drop. I've tipped a few games here that we, that we win. When I look at what you were saying earlier around, you know, you think that the, you know, they might, you know, potentially drop a game earlier earlier in the schedule, you know, to be focused on Baltimore. They got a short week that week where they're going to play the Jacksonville Jaguars on the Sunday and then go in on the Thursday night against Baltimore. So I feel like this is, I hate saying this, I hate saying this, but I feel like this is where we get potentially get that second loss and it goes eight and two. Eight and two for me. So right now we're both at eight and two, you know, through week 11. Uh Net, right, I've talked a little about there. Baltimore Ravens at home, Thursday night football. Who do you see taking that one out? Yeah, so leading into this game, I've got the, the flip side of this uh, rivalry. So, you know, in this game, uh, this rivalry, we've always had, always had like uh, win by three, lose by three, win by seven in the last minute. And it's really smash mail football. Awesome football to watch. Great football to watch as a, as a big Steelers fan. Um, you've got to give a little bit, you know, a bit of respect to Baltimore, unlike the other two teams. But I've got the Steelers winning by three in this one. So it's going to even the series out one-on-one. And maybe they, at home, they ruffle up Lamar Jackson. So that would take you to nine and two. I'm going to do the same. I think if the, if the Steelers are going to go all the way, and this is the special year we all, you know, we all keep talking about, they need to win this game. They need to split with Baltimore um, and, and go ahead here. So, you know, and this is where the, you know, getting those three wins early in the season makes a difference um, to your overall record. So I agree. I think they managed to take this one out at home. Big Ben shows that he's still got it, puts Lamar in his place. You know, the defense just is absolutely rip-roaring. Steelers go nine and two. Week 13. Bit of a- yeah, so we have the, the Washington football team here. Um, I believe this game is, you know, a bit like the Ravens this week. The, the Washington football team, they don't know who they are just yet. They're going through a transition of uh, good football, really, really bad football. So I believe this game, the Steelers win and we improve the 10-2. and two. However, a little bit of a sn- side note, I believe that Rudolph comes out in this game. Maybe Big Ben uh, plays that awesome. We, get, we finally get, you know, a big lead by 20, 25, something similar. And we bring in Rudolph to finish the game. So we improve at 10 and 2. How many drives does Rudolph throw for? Uh, if it's, if it's maybe two or three. Ah, uh, geez. I hope he's, uh, I hope he's developed from last year where the, <laughs> that rush defense from, from the Washington football team. But um, although I do think there might be an injury to Ryan Kerrigan off the top of my head. But yeah, look, I think this, I think it's still, you're right. The Steelers get up in this one. So, you know, for me, they move to, to 10 and 2 here. Week 14 at the Buffalo Bills, who for me last year cost, you know, cost me seeing my first Steelers win in week 15. It was, it was heartbreaking. We're not going to go there. I, I still, you know, have the odd, odd night where I'm shedding a tear, you know, before I go to sleep. But um, Buffalo Bills, uh, what's, what happens here, Mark? Yeah, I think in this game here, we see a few broken tables. I think the fans are back. I think Buffalo's pumped up. I think by this time, Buffalo is a really big playoff contender. Um, they're giving it to the Pats. They're, they're showing who, you know, what they can do. It's been progressing for the last three or four years, but Buffalo is a team that you've got to look out for. They have a really strong fan base as well. I have Buffalo winning this game. It's, it's hard to play in Buffalo. And by that time, near, uh, in, in December, 
should be cold that way. It's freezing over near Niagara Falls. So, yeah, Buffalo wins, and they, they could win by 10 or 12, 13 points. Yeah, I, I don't think I'll win by, by that much, but I agree with you. There's, this is going to be a tough game with Josh Allen. Um, and, but, I, you know, I like a punt, as we like to say on this show. I like a bit of a bet. I think this is, they go up and they, they again show just how quality a quality of football team they are. They take this one and they go 11-2. and two. Week 15, Cincinnati Bungles. What happened yeah, to you, Mark? It, it, even in Cincinnati, I've already said it. We're guaranteed two wins every year in my mind. We're going to improve the record. It is now 11-0. We're going to improve it 12-0. Um, we win. We win this game close, though. We win it close, 16-13, something similar. Okay, so that takes them to 11-3. and three. I agree with you. They're not, they're not going down there to lose. They're going down there to, to put them to the sword. They need to win this AFC game, uh, AFC North game, to, to, to keep in touch with the Ravens. For me, they go 12-2. and two. Week 16, at home, Indianapolis Colts. Well, I didn't give them a shot at the start of the year, but they're playing some good football as well. Um, you know, Phil Rivers down there, they have a uh, leading uh, rush defense. Or de- oh, sorry, defense. We have the rush defense. Um, this might be a shock. I've I got a feeling the Steelers lose this one. Uh, and that could, that could change in five weeks' time. I don't, I don't overly know. But, um, yeah, to, to keep my record intact, I, I see them losing this game and it won't matter too much. So I've got them at uh, 11 and 4. Awesome. I see them winning this one. I think Philip Rivers by this stage is, you know, I think he's a lot better than some people give him credit for, but I think by this stage he's worn out. He's welcome, welcome in uh, Indianapolis. Steelers take this one and go 13-2. and two. Final game of the season, Mark. Cleveland Browns at Cleveland. Yeah, so we're, we're versing the Cleveland uh, Browns, and, I, I, and I'm, I don't think uh, Baker will be there. I think throughout this season, Baker will, will struggle and we might be versing the number two quarterback. I have no idea who that is. Might even be Switzer lined up at quarterback. Who knows? Um, to finish our season strong, and if by chance Cleveland do have, they do have something to play for with the seventh spot, they might show up. But I've got the Steelers winning this one. I've got the Steelers winning uh, and proving us a 12-4. and four. And then it really depends who wins the AFC North between the Steelers and, and the Ravens. Yeah, awesome. I have them losing this game. I'm just losing this game and they finish at 13 and three for me. I think when we did one of our first few shows, you tip 12 and four, like you have today. Um, But, and I had to think 11 and five because I felt that was somewhere around the 12 and four mark. I've seen enough in the first three weeks to know that they can adapt change regardless of having to play 13 weeks in a row. I see them going 13 and three. Um, And particularly if this game we're playing a Mason Rudolph, you know, you know, so, you know, and if the Cleveland Browns somehow are in the mix with their record of getting one of those extra spots, he might have been trying to entice, you know, Miles Garrett to do something silly. And I don't mean to make a joke of that, but, uh, but you know, you never know with these things, what reaction that game's going to have um, that late in the season when, when the pressure's on. So, look, that almost wraps up our show for today. But, Mark, any other highlights for this week? Any other big punts that you wanted to make listeners aware of? Uh, it's it's very hard having no football football uh, this week, but let's let's try and you know make one off off, off the cuff. Um, I let's go for a big one. I, I believe the Steelers still lead the AFC North, which means the Ravens will lose. But hey, I love this team so much, and I, I love I love this division so much. So I want to try and see if they can still lead the North. Yeah, awesome, awesome. And I think you know, for me, I've got to go with the Rams get a win. And the Rams need a win if I'm going to stay alive in the BTSC, you know, Survivor <laughs> Football Contest. Survivor Football Contest. But look, before we go, again, as always, thank you for joining us here on, on Behind the Steel Curtain. Thank you for joining us here on Steelers Touchdown Under. It's, it's disappointing not to see the Steelers play this week. But there's a lot to be excited about. It's no dramas from the Steelers. They're focused on, on this being a special season. Now, I know there's been a bit of a shake-up, and I hope I'm correct in saying this after listening to the, the Steelers preview today, but this weekend, there's still a plethora of content on Behind the Steel Curtain. You've got the AFC North post-game, where the post-game show from the Steelers becomes focused on the AFC North. 
You've got the Steelers retro show. You've obviously had our listen to our show here today. If you're, if you listen to us still right now and hearing me preview what's on for the BTSC podcast, but also following our show and don't miss it is brunch with Tony more content for your Saturday, Sunday. He always gives an interesting take, gets that live chat fired up. Don't miss it. Stay tuned to behind the steel curtain and let's get pumped for a big game against the, the near town rivals in the, in the Philadelphia Eagles next week.